Hello and welcome to this episode of Kino Thanks. If you're joining us for the first time, Kino Thanks is a series we do here on the Stacks podcast, diving through some of the worst movies, or allegedly some of the worst movies of all time. Today we're continuing March Night Shyamalan with a little film called Lady in the Water from 2006. I'll give you a quick rundown of synopsis. Yeah. When Cle- when Cleveland Heap, great name, <laughs> rescues an enigmatic young woman from danger, little does he know that she is a character from a bedtime story who is trying to return to her world. As he falls deeply in love with her, he begins to realize that he and his fellow tenants are also characters in the fable. And they must work together to protect her from those who would prevent her from returning home. Stephen, this movie is just littered with problems. <laughs> I so I really where to begin? I really want to like this film, and I just yeah. don't. It's such a shame. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have again, as as we've talked about, I'm I'm fascinated by the career of M Night Shyamalan because mm-hmm. I feel it is it is in phases and arcs. Okay, and this is the beginning of, and I think this is the last film in an arc of his that I really really enjoy mm. um as as an approach though it has its faults which i think is the this came more apparent to me rewatching unbreakable okay which we'll talk about soon yes right. and um what the films came after it because the films that come after it that are ostensibly sequels one is definitively a sequel mm. are very totally different and watching them back to back i watched all three of them in one day and you're like this is not a trilogy um because he has such a different style of making film, mm. visually quite similar, but I would say, though I haven't seen his first two films yet, I watched a bit of one of them actually. I've watched a, a, an amount of Praying with Anger because uh, there's a huge a YouTube rip of it. I was trying to find a it better quality version, but I don't know. It seems to be quite it, rare, but it seems to be worth watching. It's mm. it's good. I was quite enjoying it. Um, not, not not enjoying the synopsis it. scenes very interesting and i think he's is, is he the lead character in that yes it's it's it's, it's a personal film mm. um or at least like culturally reflective in the way that his films though actually i think there, there are bits obviously laid in the water is quite a personal film at points yeah but personal in a way that's utterly bizarre mm-hmm. um and there's some personal stuff in signs maybe if he is yes. a religious man that's yeah, very that, much about a, religion I, I watched signs for the first time recently and we'll do that on our um M9 yeah recap. i'm very excited to be um, said that i i really quite like I, I, I the first half the, of it is the, uh, great. the strongest film i've seen from him this this era this run uh, yeah. of our recent watches that's the one i've, well, I've walked away from and been like i've enjoyed that that was something i, I actually science is really good yes, it's really it's good i think that the last half is not i, I think it gets good. bogged down in what it's trying to do but um yeah i think it's interesting and uh I it's, think it's that's very interesting the, um, yeah that's my favorite so far and I rewatched a bit of the village because it was on Disney Plus. I was a bit, I mean, village is great. Is I, it? Okay. Still, 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 really, really good. Mm. I really like, and it, but it fits into this this first few films of the Sixth Sense and Beyond era. Mm. So Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, Signs, The Village, Lending the Water. I think are marked by being deeply sincere films. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. One hundred percent. I think to a fault. I think like there is this commitment to emotion and like a reality of emotion. Mm. They're not fun. Um, whereas Happening is a silly film. Yes, 100%. Um, and The Visit is a very silly film. Yeah, we'll get to Split that. Split is a silly film. Glass is a silly film. But I will say that I think Old and Knock at the Cabin, mm. which I know I like Knock at the Cabin quite a bit than you mm. do, um, I feel like there is a return to the sincerity now. I feel he's coming back. Old is a sincere film, um, mm. definitively to a fault. 
but it, it, it treats itself with perhaps too much sincerity. And Knock at the Cabin, again, could be, um, and perhaps you would criticise it for again, being overly sincere, mm. um, which I think is very, very true of Sixth Sense up through Lady in the Water. Um, and Lady in the Water is, I think, the worst end of this is painfully sincere to the point of being mawkish um, and to the point of being parodic as opposed to the happening which seems like he's having a fun time yes i don't know do you, do you agree i'd say so yeah i feel like that initial run of movies as you say they feel like quite thematically linked in that sincerity um he presents these stories even though they are complete nonsense in this sincere yeah. and almost optimistic light and Lady in the Water, I feel like he's really trying to hone in on that, and it fails on that front for me. They are films about belief, though, as well, aren't they? Like believing belief, the unbelievable, faith. Um, um, yeah, there's always, you know, so there are greater powers at work out of our control. That's sort of like a a continuous theme throughout some of these films. Mm. Which the happening, if you read me the plot, seems like it it fits in with that. But, but then, doesn't. as a piece of filmmaking, it doesn't feel like it's actually interested. It's in almost that at like all. he um, he started down the path of trying to do that sincere route again, but then mm. doubled back. And we talked about it being sort of a uh, a campy B fifties B movies yeah. prestige. Yeah, mm. yeah, certainly. It seems like his his influences kind of got a bit in the way, yeah. um, for good or for ill. Like his confidence but, sort of diminished in that one, and he ended up creating something that feels stylistically different from this the other creed here which definitely comes out of the reaction to village and lady in the water though doesn't it because these were two critically rejected films i think lady in the water is probably one of his um like most reviled movies i think from yeah reading. i think so it is it's like people think that after earth and the last airbender are a joke mm-hmm. but people think that lady it's that thing of being like there's a difference between just like a bad movie and a swing and a miss mm. and lady in the water is like you were going for art you, you here were trying you, you put your all into this and it just does not work but i have appreciate the effort sir <laughs> yeah whereas last airbender is like you're making money for a studio yeah those, are, those is, are like is the film after that kind of um, like gun for hire films it, yeah. as a as a as a um as opposed to like homegrown passion projects where most of his films mm. seem to align with but yeah so six cents i do need to rewatch i will actually but six cents mm. is I, I can't give the thematic read it's been too long yeah but unbreakable is really is about self-belief mm-hmm. um and kind of like being convinced that you are a superhero even when you know that isn't a thing mm. and others being convinced and knowing not to be convinced signs is about the power of belief over logic and science isn't it mm-hmm. it's about the the religion will out and the village is like can we all believe something we know is false and yes. live our lives about mm. that and I think that's why Lady in the Water is not as good because like Lady in the Water, it, it, it literalizes that belief system in a way that the village is so good about, it's about the facade. I think the problem with Lady in the Water is there is no, and I think Knock at the Cabin has a similar issue. Mm. There's no ambiguity here. It's, Interesting. this is clearly the thing. This is happening. Knock at the yeah, Cabin. Yeah, this is not it's like, like a, that's the apocalypse, yeah. This is not a great misunderstanding. This could not be taken as, mm. in the larger scale of things, none of this is real. This is just, yeah. it, 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 it it believes in itself the film knows that this fable story is reality and just runs with that mm. which when we talk about the east rail trilogy i think is a weird thing about glass because unbreakable is so much about 
is he or is he not a superhero? And mm. Glass is like, what if we do that again? I'm like, we, we, we made a whole that. movie about that. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It'd be really weird if you then conclude that he's not. So the first hour of this movie is, is really not convincing me. Then it goes a different place. But mm, So Lady in the Water, I want to like it. One, because it's nice to champion things that are reviled. Um, that are not disgusting artifacts. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's it's nice to back swings that yeah. other people deem as misses, but I also think this is a miss. It is, it's, it's totally, which is a shame. He went too big and he sort of <laughs> collapsed under the weight of his own ideas in this one, I feel. I, yeah, and I was convinced I might like it because I am drawn to earnest things. Mm. I am drawn to the, this didn't really work, but it's really interesting. Yeah, sure. And I think for me... I don't think it's actually very interesting no. is is the problem. I don't think there's really much to it. I think I got way more out of the happening because I could actually attach myself to, oh, this is actually a this movie. Sure. Whereas, Whereas this, Lay in the I Water, is, it's a slog. I can't really grasp what he was really trying to go for here. Yeah. Other than the sincerity angle and like storytelling and bedtime stories and fables but it's just it's as you said it's a bit of a slog it's it's i think like it's one of his longer films or it definitely felt it is it is it yeah he like usually makes films. quite short films but when, though glass is over two hours what was that glass um, is over two hours glass is two and a quarter hours okay. um Oof. yeah has a fight in a car park that's kind of fun hey i like um, fights um but yeah it's sort of strangely egotistical and it tries to bring in we're in this sincere angle and we have to believe that this fable fairy tale world is real mm. but we are using one of, one of my gripes is fantasy words that just yeah. sound like fantasy words and yes, when you're when you're using things like narfs and scruds in like an apartment complex it feels mm. like a parody of someone writing a um, fantasy tale yeah it, it, it should be magical realism mm. is i think my issue of this film and it just it doesn't have that and it, it's it's the syntax of m night Shyamalan as a, as a filmmaker is not in allegiance with the story he's telling here, which is, which you should know looking back at his films, mm. because Unbreakable, the reason why Unbreakable works to the extent that it does work, is because its sober take on the comic book film mm. is put in a sober film. He is a, it's quite a, a sober filmmaker in that way of quite a visually interesting but restrained in terms of like the reality the on scope, screen. Yeah. and the Sixth Sense is is kind of a horror film mm -hmm. kind of a chiller kind of but again has that sense of reserve and like filmic slowness to it um as to signs as does the village mm. and this needs to have a bit of of magic and perhaps whimsy or a bit of ambiguity to the visual layer not just the the, actual, the character this, layer yes sure and there's just none of that for me no the, it, there's um there are moments of beauty there it's it's competently made film um yeah there are some interesting compositions like this the score's really ethereal and nice i think that plays into the whole it's nice. itself it just boils down to who what where and why is any of this <laughs> that, and it's just not very good there are just so many friends in this that, that left work. me completely baffled um so yeah. many characters that just felt completely unnecessary and just strange inclusions. Uh, do you have a read on the skinny arm, big arm man that lives in this apartment complex who is only oh, I just, I... who is only working out half of his body? Because I was like, I don't know where this fits in in your your fable deconstruction, sir. This film makes me not want to do reads, and that's the thing. I know I'm usually the most likely. I think this means this. <laughs> this film completely 
intellectually disengages me. Mm. I, I just, I don't want to engage with it on the level of being like, what does this mean? Because I'm just like, I don't really care what any of it means, mm. which is maybe a fault in me, but I just like, I feel the film gave me so little to yeah. pull into into its world. And it's just, so Knock at the Cabin, again, I like more than you do. Mm. Um, but I think Knock at the Cabin, he takes a script or a, a, or a structure. It's his script, but he takes a, the, a the novel mm. um, that doesn't, really fit his sensibilities and he goes how can i retell this in a way that i'm good at making thrillers mm-hmm. and he makes it into a thriller yeah. um and this is just like this is your material and it doesn't fit your filmmaking we were messing about this this should be like the amazing filmmakers that make those overlappings of reality mm. this should be cocteau-esque magic, this magic be realism guillermo you know. del toro it, it, it should be the actually the feel of the fairy tale or something like beasts of the southern wild mm. it there is there is room here for something that's a bit more ethereal um, in the sense of the filmmaking, where I don't believe that everything happened on screen is painfully yes. literal. And the painful literality of... He has a very objective camera, I think. Mm. I think because he is... He grounds the camera in space and moves it around really interestingly, but it is the very impassive glare of the objective glare of the lens mm. that a story about is fantasy seeping in and are we impacting reality it becomes just like what even is this as opposed to oh it's so cool it's, it's messy. so eerie it it doesn't lean well it, well it leans into fantasy in the wrong way for me mm. um as a as a as a as a tool for deconstruction of Shyam- yeah. Shyamalan as a storyteller himself and obviously there his his own insert character here as the author oh. and there are the, the film is about writing the film is about writers and it just sort of doesn't really go anywhere. It's kind of about writing in the way the whale is about writing. It's kind of like the everyone's a writer, everything's writing. Are you writing? Crosswords are writing, cereal boxes are writing. Um, yeah, exactly. You've seen Naked Lunch, right? Uh, no, I've um, never actually. I've never actually oh, seen or read. I do need to absolutely. see. I need to see Naked Lunch. Naked Lunch absolutely rules. There's a bit in Naked Lunch that uh, it so sticks my mind. So he's got this weird kind of like alien typewriter thing and he's driving across a border and like someone asks him his profession he says writer and he gets asked to prove it i think and i think like shows them the typewriter I'm like that's the kind of thing that i want of being like just like the, the manic weird side of of writing as an impulse and then fully into i believe in the importance of writing mm. in a and again but then that's the overlapping if you're writing things about fiction up of the world i want in the mouth of madness mm. i want um, naked lunch. I don't want this. Bob Balaban is an art critic who hasn't actually written a piece in a long time, and he's here for expository reasons. And then he's going to get murdered by a scrud or whatever that was. That's what really annoys me when it ultimately showed that oh, you're there to make a weird monologue mm-hmm. later. So mm-hmm. okay, you're just here to exposit. Yeah. Um, a complete waste because I, I love Bob Balaban. I love Bob Balaban. Bob Balaban's great. Say what you want about Shyamalan. He always puts together an interesting ensemble cast. He always pulls actors together that mm. I would never really imagine. Jared Harris is here yeah. for a bit. Yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah. why is Jared even, Harris? Even here? having Paul Giamatti as this stuttering leading man is an interesting choice, but one that is ultimately detrimental to the film. I think he's terrible mm-hmm. in this film. I feel like, yeah, Paul Giamatti is, is, is so bad. I don't know what he was and... given in terms of direction to work with for this character, but it is bizarre. But like most of the Shyamalan movies we've talked about, it's like this person is being directed. This is such mm. a mannered performance. Mm. In the same way that Marky Mark's yeah, was like, yeah, yeah. you are 
You are hitting the same kind of beats every scene. This is someone told you to do exactly. this. Exactly. It is all as again. I'm always going to fall back to his films are always interesting, always baffling, yeah. baffling never quite come together mm. in a way I would like. But the, there's a strange earnestness and an endearing quality to them. One hundred percent. So yeah, that Paul Giamatti is just it's the stuttering, whatever. Mm. It's the weird kind of like sniffling that i can't deal with it's the <laughs> the, the I, I just don't know and he's just there and he's this transitory figure and then you've got m night Shyamalan and his sister's character mm-hmm. um that m night Shyamalan is not not great at writing ancillary women i think women with like a, a role on the side mm-hmm. and she is clearly there as being like i'm here to be supportive snarky sister mm-hmm. and to fill in needs but so I'm glad you've seen Signs now and mm, seen it recently. Yes, first time. Because I, first time watching. And I, I just always, you know, in the popular cultural zeitgeist of having it, of it's the alien mm. movie that's a bit weird. But watching it, I was genuinely quite enraptured by its musings on faith and, you know, parallels between the, the faith in I think, spirituality mm. and, like, alien life forms and things like that. I think it's a really interesting movie. And then coming off the back of that straight in... I should have gone in chronological order, but I've been dancing around these bits. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think that's kind of wise. But with Signs also, I think Signs has his best, like, these are good performances. Performances. I don't want to say that Mel Gibson I, yeah, exactly. is good, I think but he's, he's, he's very, very good. He's very good in and, Signs. And Joaquin Phoenix as well, again. Two very yeah. interesting and like strong performances in a film. And the kids that, are great in it as well. I, yes, and like a lot of my problems with these Shyamalan movies are I just hate all the kid performances. But uh, the science is that. the um, most bearable, I would say, of the ones I've seen. Mm. And just yet, yeah, the the first half of Signs is so brilliantly slow and so interesting. But to me, it's it's the cameo combinations. I think the the M Night because these are. Well, these are no longer cameos, really. These these aren't cameos. These are these are supporting roles. <laughs> yeah, and eventually the main role in Lady in the Water. But the cameo, for want of a better word, in Signs, elevates the film because of a weird cast decision. Like, my man, you picked this. You could have had anyone play mm. this role, and you've spoilers for Signs, people. Mm. You've cast yourself as the inciting tragic event of this film you are the reason this film is as horribly unfair and sad Mm. as it seems to be you are the event that comes in that that's a horrible scene towards the end of like the pinned against that tree when you and that reveals handled so well being like oh no no she's not being taken away she's still here and oh yes she's still alive Mm. and that him the character that's done this and that's having this issue has to deal with that you're like You've placed yourself in this film about this it's in this very, way. It's a very strange choice, and I, I you have to think about like how he chooses mm. the roles he he presents himself on screen because everyone knows it's him. Like it's not yeah. really a hidden yeah. fact. It's you know it's the trope of the Shyamalan film is he's going to pop up. It's not. It's not. It's it's so far removed from the Hitchcock cameo that we all yes. associate it with because Hitchcock mm. is walking a small dog across the screen for several frames a couple of seconds of screen time never dialogue never expository dialogue never thematic characters building the Mm. film up 
it's just a, it's an odd choice it's an interesting choice again always baffling always it, interesting it, I never think quite it's really additive to signs because mm. you're right the central idea of signs is this kind of like idea about faith and unfairness mm. and i think it really complicates that theme when he puts himself in the mix and he puts himself in the mix as the life is unfair character mm. and that makes faith winning out even though I, I think the ending of science is bad i think the last five mm. minutes is just like ah, uh, you 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 just you've got a really you, you... trite ending to quite a complex musing mm. um but the complexity a lot of it comes from oh that's you in this role mm. and that's interesting whereas in this film i feel like it does the opposite oh awful yeah he 100%, yeah. So you explain, because I've, I've spoken oh, enough. He but yes. is, was he a, a failed author? A, sort of a... Is, he can't, can't bring himself to write. He's writing the cookbook. The cookbook. Yeah. Have I written anything yet? Which, it, you can't take it as anything other than this meta angle of him struggling with writing, and it's not really a confidence boost in your film to be like, I can't write. A man that's had a lot of criticism like, for writing. So many, I mean, like, it's, a, again, a common criticism is he's an he's a interesting director with poor scripts. Yeah. And to have mm. that have <laughs> that um, grievance blown up on the big screen in one of your like uh, mid two thousands movies is just it's poorly thought out, I would say. And, and but then isn't it kind of the conclusion being like, but you must write. Your ideas are important, and they will enrich things, and that will be the thing that saves. It's the, the way it's kind of the, the shortened down <laughs> idea. But it's that's the movie is that like you can write you must write and it may bring you pain in the future and it will bring things but your words are the words that will mm. that will essentially save the world and, and save the movie yeah it will like, inform presidents and policies or something yes. i was like i don't worry sure whatever mate okay he has the sixth sense for it you know <laughs> um it's a real kind of happening um so yeah i'm split, split. on it split I'm on unbreakable it. On um, it. yeah um yeah it's just a, a, another bizarre movie. I mean, we both messaged back and forth about that. I don't know what the use of Bob Dylan's music is meant to really be here. Obviously, Bob Dylan, a voice of a generation, one of the best, like... Tangled Up in Blue happens, and I'm like, Tangled Up in Blue is one of the greatest mm. songs ever written. Like the, the rock band covering the opening of Maggie's Farm, and I was like, this is ob- this is a direct decision you're making to put Robert Zimmerman music in here. Is it a comparative tool? Are you comparing yourself to one of the finest songwriters of ever? maybe who also went wild at a point oh yeah this is this is Shyamalan going electric this is what it is (laughs) well this is slow train coming this is I guess this is the weird Dylan Jesus Mm. period this is more that this is you've gone like you've gone you've gone too much or is it the Dylan COVID denial period oh is that a thing oh god I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of old cantankerous. Old I know men. that Van Morrison is that. I just presume if Van Morrison's doing something, that Dylan's <laughs> doing something as well. Um, they seem like they're in cahoots. Oh, I would dear. say they're in cahoots. Those two. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't have insulted Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan, she didn't find. But Van Morrison, Mr. Sure Mr. Zimmerman, we, we appreciate the work Robert, you've done for Robert. Popular I know you listen. Music. Well, thank you for being a Patreon subscriber, <laughs> Robert. So, what do you think of Bryce Dallas Howard here? She's bad. I think she's not a good actor. I'm sorry. <laughs> Took me a while to recognise her, Jenny. I think um, she looks a, well. Obviously, she looks a, looks a lot younger in this, and she plays quite mm, young as well. It's the past and for you. The dynamic between her and Giamatti is creepy. I'd say it is creepy. It's very, very creepy, and it's not helped by whatever Paul Giamatti is being made no, to do. No, he's coded as a strange maintenance man, and she's coded as mm. sort of like this purity, innocence character of a fable. And the dynamic between there, no, thank you. Yeah, again, not writing women well. Not writing mm. women well, Mr. M. Night Shyamalan. Um, she is in the village, though, isn't she? And and she's I, I like oh, her in the village because she's the um, the blind girl in the village, oh, okay. I believe. I need to revisit. Um, yeah, because she talks about 
because I got up to the, the in the village where she's just talking about the the band color of those you know I, I do like. We'll talk about the village. Yeah, I think what we'll do on our recap episodes. We'll just go through his filmography chronologically mm. and you know give a give the hot takes that the people yeah. want. But the thing I like about the village at this point is that managed storytelling and dialogue works because of the twist of mm. the there is an scope. enforced artifice mm. to the film. Whereas I've only watched the Sixth Sense once, and I watched it knowing what's going to happen. I feel like I've had the magic of this mm-hmm. film robbed from me yeah. of. I'm only seeing the seams of it, and I feel this film is built around being like, "Wait a second, you won't, be- yeah. you won't believe." <laughs> Whereas the village, I'm like, "Oh, this twist allows the rest of the film to work, mm. and the rest of the film would not work if this wasn't a twist. Mm. If it was at the beginning, you'd be like, oh, okay, but you're like, this place is strange. This place is artificial and mannered, and because he writes artificial and mannered dialogue, yes. it works in the village. You're like, oh, it's a weird religious cult. These yeah, people are strange. Think, like, yeah. oh no, if they're they strange because it's double levels of performance. If they lent into that further here, I'd say I think he yeah. does interesting insular communities well. And, yes, you know that that sense of belief and um, faith in a core idea mm. between a community could work here. You know, if that's they're why all, science they're works. Yeah, it's the, because it's so isolated. Trying to work together to solve this this fable conundrum, um, mm. but the whole film is working. Which I never to that. care it's about. Just um, sorry, what was that? Which I just never care about the fable conundrum as well no, because it's, it's it's not very interesting. Unless it's an easy criticism. But I hate when a movie makes me feel this way of being like, this is going to be wrapped up at the end of the movie, so let's just get it over with. Of like, I'm I'm just waiting for this to be solved not, in the not film. Not much dramatic and I tension. Think the worst thing a film can do for you be like, this will be fine in 50 minutes. So <laughs> the eagles, I'm just going to wait the until the coming. narrative solves itself. Gandalf's got the eagles. At no point, I'm like, I have no sense of narrative anticipation. Mm. I have no sense of I'm enjoying the things around it. I'm like, okay, this won't really matter because it's going to tie itself mm. up. There'll be an ending and then this will be over, which sounds stupid. Mm. But you don't want to be thinking in terms of narrative structure of when watching a film like this. I knew nothing of Lady in the Water other than its reputation. Yeah. Before. I didn't know anything about I synopsis. I, I thought this was Godiva Lady in the Lake. I have no idea yeah. why. I think I, I'm confusing I also it with another it film. I think. Is it the Irving Kir- What's the Irving Kirshner film? Um... You're thinking of The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> I'm always thinking of. It's. I think. I swear there was. Um... Spell today. I'm gonna to to edit this out. Lancelot de Lac. You're thinking of the movie thinking, Lancelot de Lac. Is that, that's called. Is that Bresson? Or is, is that, that Bresson? Yeah, yeah, there you go. We both thought it was Bresson, no. so it's probably Bresson. <laughs> I swear he's got like a Lady in the Lake esque title with a similar blue poster. Let me go on yeah. the credits. Irvin Kirshner. I'm terrible at spelling. No, I've just made that up. I have no idea what huh? I was thinking of. I have absolute. Unless he was a writer. <laughs> <laughs> don't know. I have no idea. Welcome to our side pod where we look up movies that Irvin Kershner may or may I not swear, I, I, I'm thinking of a fake film. Unless there is a movie out there from the mid 2000s that's water based. It's, it's something. Water a lady and there's water and it's bad. I don't know. Maybe it is Lady in, in the Water and I'm just confusing this movie for another movie that's also this movie. And I think it's because, yeah, she's in the water at the beginning mm. and she kind of like looks sad in a, in a bathroom for, for a lot of the, it. That's the movie. But it doesn't have that. I guess I wanted to have the the ethereal. Oh, there's, there's a lady in the water, and what's going on here? It's like there's a lady in a swimming pool. She's out. She's of drowning. It. She's a narf. Yeah, and then she's Paul, a narf. The old Paul Giamatti rescues her, then stumbles around, then falls into the pool, and then wakes up. <laughs> and it's just like yeah. strange, bumbling, stuttering character. He he can't pull off the weirdness that this story needs 
But then the more ironic problem is this story doesn't need to exist. <laughs> is I think the main issue of this film. Yeah, I just uh, coming away from it, I'm like, I don't really know what he was trying to say here. I'm sure there are thematic reads about Paul Giamatti's character and working inside this community for something greater, but I just could not grasp onto anything here other than the central. Is this girl from a fable? Oh, she is from a fable. She's the story from the fable. We've got to return her to the fable. We're going to return her for the fable. We did Um, it. So I'm reminded of, so you said flippantly whilst we were both watching it, uh, but at different points, that the last 50 minutes could be a tweet or whatever. I think it's the last 50 It's just expository dialogue. It's just, it could have been an email, I think. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. yeah. But it reminds me, there's a a quote, a quotation I remember from Bill Forsyth, a filmmaker that I really, really like. Um, So... Local hero, Gregory's mm. girl, that sinking feeling. Um, wonderful British filmmaker, um, Scottish filmmaker specifically, it's important. Um, and it's not a film of his that I've seen, I don't know what the film is called, but it was a very personal film, and I don't think it really worked. And I think the quote was something like, and then the day, I should have just written a poem. He was like, I, it, it, it wasn't really a film. It's like it, some... And it would have worked in a different medium. And I was trying to. I felt. Because I, I am a filmmaker. I'm supposed to idea through film. But it shouldn't have been a film. It should have been a poem. It's like what we said about. We um, talked briefly about Infinity Pool, where it, that is a movie that could be a, sh- a yeah. short film. And it has short film syndrome. I, I, I feel like there's something <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah. And uh, The Lady in the Water is like his book of collected fiction that he should write. This a is a short, short story. Stories. A book of short stories. Is... That would have been interesting. Or a, a film about a book of short stories. Have it as an anthology or something. Yeah. And you can have these uh, intricate musings in tighter stories. Which I think makes its philosophy and writing kind of like ethnic and like, because, mate, you're not... A, this doesn't really work because you're not a fairy tale writer and you're also... You're not a book writer of like this this is about it's a different literary a, a writing. different type of writing than what you're actually used to you are screenplays you are Stuart little <laughs> there is at no point there you're are the no Stuart references to the wider works of Stuart little in this movie and i, I was appalled yeah, yeah. um see that's that's Lady that's in the Water. Weird, i would like yeah i would like to talk about the visit as well, oh though, yes please. yeah we'll um, briefly touch on the visit we discussed maybe doing an episode on it but i don't think we would have enough to say or really no, no, I, I wanted to uh, append it to this. So you, you want to start on the visit? Because I know you you really just really dislike this movie. I think it's I think it's absolutely awful. Mm. Um, I have read some really interesting defenses of it that I do think are really interesting mm-hmm, actually, sure. but I just it just so doesn't work for me in any way. Mm. This is seen as his comeback movie, which is bizarre, and then also split seen as his comeback movie. And I'm like, those are maybe his two worst films. Um, I know it's a wild thing to say because Last Airbender exists. I watched well, Last it's, Airbender, but it's, there's like, two different I, types of bad movies, really as we said. It, like, yeah. there's, there's there's failed studio blockbusters, and then there's failed swing and a miss passion projects, like homegrown scripts. And there are some like offensive elements of both Split and The Visit that are just very very difficult to look past if you're looking for a a twisty turny horror thriller with kids that rap and old people are scary and mental hospitals are <sighs> breeding grounds of, of, of evil yeah because yeah. like last airbender whatever it's just like i it, i get that it's offensive to the childhoods of people but i have no connection you ruined to... star wars for me m night god damn i i have no connection to avatar not even james cameron's avatar <laughs> um no avatars I mean i though i actually i did watch because it's on netflix a bit of Avatar: the Last Airbender. I watched the first episode. It's good. It is good. I've seen. Good. I, I have not good seen a show. lot of it. It is. Uh, it's a lot. If you talk about like shonen 
sort of anime heroes journey series that one gets brought up a lot and the episodes i've seen are interesting and i think there is a Mm. wider storytelling there that i'd like to get into i've seen the film many many years ago um will be interested to revisit for our it's but yeah i I, yeah i can't bring bring it in myself to despise it it's not because i'm just like dragon ball evolution which at least there's some faithful aspects to the source material and he's trying to do the story justice whereas dragon ball evolution is just like the worst thing ever (laughs) yeah like lots of men is going for like a story on fast forward but i'm like oh i can see why this story is compelling put in this way it's a collection of loose tropes because there's no characters yes this is what it works Um, as well as like a three season four season television show uh as opposed to i get it and also the visual ideas obviously if i had loved the tv show i'd be like oh visually this is so much less yeah, interesting sure, I'm like, an actually the aesthetic world. is good okay interesting because it seems like there's an it seems like the show has an interesting aesthetic hmm. so literalizing that aesthetic does doesn't look amazing but it looks it's fine yeah. like whereas the visit and, the movie we're meant to be talking about looks bad and it's, it's found <laughs> footage and it's found footage in the worst type of way for me yeah it, it's I found footage I like more than most of our contemporaries, mm. most of our pals. There are yeah, there are movies that I think use it well, and there are movies that use it <laughs> as just as a gimmick. And don't... I think it's just a great a great framing that you can justify. And I think if you lean into it as a, I think constraints make really interesting art. Sure. And if you lean into that constraint, I really, really, really like the Blair Witch Project because it's built so brilliantly around the central conceit of this is all happening on a single yes. DV camera. Yeah, yeah. It's all happening there. And the best bits of the Blair Witch Project, which I challenge Vaughn to watch again because I think it's so... I It took me a, a couple times to watch to mm. go, oh, this is really interesting because there's the idea of that film, the actual film. First time I was like, this isn't scary. Then I was like, this is a really interesting film. I love it. Okay. Um, but the bit that I love in Blood Witch Project is when there are just gaps. She's like, okay, you stop filming for a while and I'll never see what happened there. And that's because you didn't want me to see things. And it is a film about omission and selection. Mm. And found footage does that. Of that there are jump time skips. Is in, there are is narrative important. skips. There is information withheld. Um, you know, there is ambiguity through the edit, basically. Whereas this, I want to be like, cool, because one of the problems of found footage can be, because Skinnamarink has this for me, of the abstracted visual of the found footage is distracting and i want to i want to watch a movie that looks good um <laughs> skin and this a whole, is sh- whole different this is shot fish. like a film yeah this is a very competent Mostly? teenager with like a like a, a camcorder it looks it just does not look like found footage for the most part as well it looks and then way... occasionally does those so i'm like i'll just pick one like mm. either shoots it like a movie and say it's found footage mm. or commit to the artifice of found footage and it doesn't do that which I get gives it an aesthetic joy, but it's such an empty aesthetic joy mm. of it's framed a bit better, but there doesn't this doesn't need to be found footage and nothing is gained from it being found footage, apart from she's like, I'm making a documentary. Like, yeah. why? After you got all this footage, why would you do that? And why would you keep in the shot of your brother getting a diaper rubbed in his face? Yeah, I'd have taken that up personally. And all the rapping. I think I would never highlight my brother's poor rapping in the year of our Lord 2015 to any sort of audience. (laughs) And then the L, the credits, and oh, not a fan. Not a fan of the visit. It's not even the the worst bit, because the rapping is awful throughout. At the beginning, you're like, this is ridiculous. You're like, are you going to keep doing that? It's a constant thing. Yeah. and it's, it's fine if that kid died. If that kid died. Character trait. If that kid died, it's a different story. I love when rapping kids die. And it's the worst kind of M. Night Shyamalan twist movie. You're like, 
when I've worked out the twist is we're ten minutes in. Yeah, these these old like, people are quite creepy and probably not the grandparents, are they? Yeah, like oh, so you're never actually in the calls. Oh, and there's no cell reception. Mm. Oh, and there's no pictures of you, and you won't talk about the mum. It's pretty obvious you're not the grandparents. And that guy came round the house and was just like, "They've not been volunteering recently." Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm. mm-hmm. "Well, I you don't need to like it's signposted. Just make that the movie. It's signposted way too much, and yeah, there's no real, there's no real twist really. If you if you if you've been actively consciously watching the movie, but the structure of it." ruins it for me because it's so ploddingly random because of the found footage thing of there are occasional horror scenes of grandma's being old and creepy mm-hmm. that would be an interesting like her scrape up at the door but because it's just everything feels just sporadically shoved together you're like mm-hmm. oh sorry is that a thing okay and now we're always next. wrapping again and now we're having breakfast yeah <laughs> well that was a weird interaction with grandma now back to day to day but also yeah, its best horror idea it doesn't commit to, which is the clean the oven from the inside bit, which is such a <laughs> Hans, great Hansel horror idea. Hansel and Gretel in the witch, you know. But what a brilliant commit. Cook that child. Cook that like, kid. Hashtag cook that kid. Get on a t-shirt. But if you're going to make her go in the oven, because the first time you're like, ah, there's the fake out is it's fine. And you're like, if you're going to make that happen again and close her in there, at least have her be rescued from the, like... <laughs> have something happen I'm like okay well I guess it was fine it's like that bit I know you're thinking of this in Heard She Got Married isn't it it's like that bit of I, I've i been locked in your basement so now I'm going to lock so you in, your, in, in yeah. your basement yeah. one for me um, one for you an eye for an eye listen to our podcast it, on um, Don't Let the Motone Cast Feed please great yeah, podcast yeah, yeah. yeah yes indeed um, and obviously it's the old people like, uh, evil thing at the end hmm. I think the film is just so terribly put together so uninteresting that mm. rapping kid is so annoying <laughs> her talking about filmmaking and just be like why are you even talking about is just pointless yeah i think the visit is his worst movie i don't it's think just i don't think we've done this crap. in a while i think we've forgotten the last couple of episodes but if we could recommend movies in similar veins to both oh. lady in the water and um the visit as sort of like you know, directional pointers to films that we enjoy in this vein. And there's not very many films in the vein of M. Night Shyamalan. He is an auteur, mm. you know, he has a very singular voice. Um, found footage movies, I think you've pointed to Blair Witch. Which is great. I always struggle to think of other found footage movies that I enjoy like Blair Witch. I like Cloverfield, but it's nothing like The Visit. Um, and I like it for other reasons than just found footage. I like something footage. in the dirt, but it's not The Visit. It's oh, the, yeah, they, are, yeah. they are different things. Different sort of creeds of found footage. But Lady in the Water, trying to find something that feels positioned in a similar way to Lady in the Water feels impossible. The Shape of Water. The Shape of Water, and I'll go for... Can't think of one single kung fu movie with water in the title. I'm, I'm disappointed in myself. Um, water waste of time. Waterworld. No, I, I can't recommend Waterworld. What could I recommend with water in it? Waterworld. Deep Blue Sea. Not seen Deep Blue Sea. Um, <laughs> Piranha Blue the Planet. Story. David Attenborough's Blue Planet. Wonderful series. Mm, one of my favorites. Not Great. My favorite Attenborough. What's your favorite Attenborough? Richard. Okay, fine. What's your favourite David Attenborough <laughs> series? Uh, the one where he gives up talking about overpopulation nonsense. Which one? That does not narrow it down. I, I, I presume that's a thing. I <laughs> Probably. I, uh, Has he stopped doing that now? I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll just go for uh, Life in the um, Undergrowth because bugs uh, are very interesting. and looking Okay, at Walking of Dinosaurs. Is that Attenborough? <laughs> no, I don't of think course that's Attenborough. Not. 
Walking with beasts. Though. Walking with beasts. Fine, fine, fine. So that has been an, another episode of March Night Shyamalan, the most successful of all the mm. March Madness brackets mm. that we do. Um, it's no Gamatra, it's no Mark's Madness, but it's March Night Shyamalan. If you want more of the podcast nonsense that we do here on the, the podcast that makes you old. <laughs> A trip to our Patreon is like a trip to the beach, but instead of getting older, mm. you just get premium content, baby. We but have horror. Yeah. <laughs> we have hot takes, fresh takes. We have let's try that again. We have commentary tracks. Mm. We've got videos. We've got lists. We've got all sorts of fun stuff. We've got different tiers that you can List join. Mania. So thank you to everyone that's joined recently. We do appreciate anything and everything that you can you. do to support us here. We're gearing up towards uh, awards season, stacks awards season. So we'll yeah, be I need to concentrating write a big on the uh, this week on the big awards ceremony, and then that'll be a big edit and lots of fun. And we want to get our patrons involved with that, and you, the mm. gentle free patron free feed listeners yeah. as well, in some capacity. We'll put up more information on that when we get to it. We definitely floated the idea of because we'll have the the audience vote categories as always, mm. but I think the idea of a, of a Patreon only vote for at least like what is the best few films mm-hmm. of the year yes. according to and, our patrons um, would think, be nice. I think we also um, threw around the idea of having some more user generated categories as well, just to add a bit yeah, more variety, yeah. a bit more spice, a bit more fun, a bit more interactivity there. So yeah, because the silly categories are fun. I mean, this year's fun. malignant we've teased. We're having a this year's malignant categories. So yes, yeah, yeah. So something like Jack that. Jack needs to so watch Resurrection you, because that's going to be up for this year's malignant. So um, listen out for the announcement there. Um, if you're in the Letterbox Discord, it'll probably be announced and things like yeah, that. Yeah, and um, Geese Discord. As always, you can follow well. us on Twitter and Letterbox. All the links are in the description patreon.com forward slash the stacks on film and yeah. as always friends, as always you could let the ship of this beast get you but what we're gonna say <laughs> controversially um it's one of these stances so i was at a, a rally this week and there was a, a, a chant going around and it's it's, it's just no ifs no buts okay and no education cuts and i'm like I, I agree with the last clause but i don't know if i'm really into this no ifs and buts stuff no, ifs, One, I, ifs I, and buts are useful ifs, in ifs are very useful and, and i've liked some buts in my time um so <laughs> i but like big one, ifs and i cannot lie <laughs> <laughs> but one stance we can both get behind don't don't let, let the shivers get you. get you right we'll see you next episode most labored punchlines ever we'll see yeah. you next episode for the unbreakable split glass trilogy does oh, that God, have a name there a lady does that have a name yes that... the east rail 117 uh, trilogy right, okay. um so yeah we'll see which you no on one calls it <laughs> i was gonna say i've never heard that in my life don't let the shivers get people you people call it the glass trilogy i think realistically good night it becomes... god bless don't let M. Night Shyamalan get you. get you. No, do let him. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting but bad. and mostly bad. <laughs> Good night. Yeah. Good night. Good night. Good luck. God bless.